Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. Hi, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon here on a Wednesday, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. If you call this the calm before the storm, but we shall see. Uh, welcome to the program. Coming up on the BMW of Des Moines guest list, we're going to start things off with Mitch Holtis. We'll do that in about 15 minutes. The voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, Papa John's here in central Iowa, sponsors those weekly appearances with Mitch. Started daily in August, then weekly throughout the football season, and will join us on Wednesdays for as long as it lasts for those AFC West champion Kansas City Chiefs. He's up first. Then David Eichel on uh, Hawkeye Recruiting. We'll get the latest from David Eicholt at uh, 12.05. David Kaplan on the two baseball signings in the city of Chicago. That and more, obviously, with Cap. Just won't focus on baseball as MLB is going on. The Bulls as well. Uh, So we'll catch up with Cap at 12.05. And then Bama Bob, Trent and I are going to talk a little college football. And in August, we go on record. In December... We see how bad that we actually did. So Bama will join us and we'll go over those, what we got right, what we got wrong, what we still would do the same way if we had to do it all over again, knowing the result. Uh, and then Trent's play of the day. Had nine of them yesterday. Seven and two. Uh, are you kidding me? That's terrific. I'm hot. Oh. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm seeing it well. Remember a year ago, 2021, we came in the first week. We came in, we were doing the game, uh, doing the show from Principal Park. And I showed you my Action Network app. Yeah, I did, yeah. Yes, it was for, all green. For the first time, yes. On Saturday, mm-hmm. it was all green. I went 16-0, yep. and I think, over the it was, weekend. It was nuts. And I said all But you didn't parlay him. No, no. And I said throughout, though, the rest of the season, how do you kind of see it the same way? Going forward, how do you continue to see the way that you saw it in that first week? And I wasn't able to do that. And, and same thing right now. Nothing has changed. My handicapping hasn't changed. The way that I go about it has not been different they're just hitting. And yesterday, of those seven wins, I you know, I play a lot of dogs. Five of the underdogs that I had won outright. Jeez. Including Drake, who had the plus five. Huge win for them. Alex it, Cohen called that game. Yeah. He's doing a lot. He is, absolutely. He's doing a lot of ESPN+. Plus. He's been at Hilton a bunch this mm-hmm. year. Good for him. He means more than a baseball broadcaster. Right. And he's the kind of guy that he's got a future. I, I mean, think he does, too. It is such a difficult... You know what's in his future? MLB. That, well, no, I was going to say an appearance with us. Oh, <laughs> so to pick make his that brain happen, yeah. On what he's seen, yeah. Because breaking through. So we used to have Chris Atterbury on all the time. Yeah, from the Twins. And he has been the pre and post game host for over a decade now. And he does, and he fills in when Corey Provis isn't mm-hmm. there, and he does an inning or two every once in a while and does those kind of things. And this is a guy that's Stanford educated, got in the business incredibly early. He has been, he went, he came from the Twins from somewhere else, an MLB job, same pre- and post-game hosting role, and he can't break through. And anytime one of these radio jobs come up, I'm sure, oh, there's dozens. every single time yeah. that he is applying for these jobs but just breaking through. But Alex Cohen's a guy that you root for because yeah, he's been here and, and putting in that work. But to think that it's easy, it's not. And no. then you have guys that have the right last name. Yeah. You see, like Noah Eagle. Although you know what, he's better than uh, yeah. I guess why he opened the door. He's he's better. I mean, you don't like him. Uh, I don't mind him. He's fine. Yeah, he's fine. He uh, shouldn't be in the role he is right now. 
He's got some pretty plum assignments. There's no doubt yes. about that. Um, look, the people, the same criticism comes Joe Buck's way. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning, maybe it was warranted. Certainly not now. Not, not at this point, no. no. You don't keep the jobs that he's no, had No, I mean, he was years. the number one guy at Fox, for crying out loud. And, and now we know what he's doing with Monday Night Football. And um, When he first got those jobs at 24 years old? And with the Cardinals. Well, not only that, but his first NFL gig, I think he was 24 or 25 when he Fox was, young, was starting. But he was, it wasn't like they parked him right on the A-team. They didn't. Right? And he, he worked his, his way, way up. up yeah. Absolutely. But yeah. would he even got that job without the last name? But probably not. He probably no, wouldn't It certainly have. hurts. I mean, it certainly but doesn't hurt. He was able to build into becoming that number one role. Mm-hmm. He did that, and he got the work. And that's a guy that I don't have the same kind of problem. No, Eagle. Oof. He yeah. was good on Saturday, Trent. He was the best that I'd heard him. Yeah. Wasn't a real high bar to clear. Yeah, I you like I mean I like him more than you. He doesn't he doesn't grate on my nerves like some do. Um, but 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 anyways, uh, yeah, good for Alex Cohen and mm-hmm. uh, well done. And um, like you say, hopefully he's going to get his chance. Joe Donnell did. Yes, he did. One of our favorites, Joe Donnell, now calling the uh, Minnesota Wild hockey up on the KFAN in the Twin Cities. So that's what we're going to do. BMW of Des Moines guest list wise today. Um, there's a lot of ground to cover on that. What mm-hmm. thought was going to be a kind of a slow, nothing on TV last night. No, no games to opine on. Did you watch the broadcast on what was it called, Baller TV? I didn't know. I didn't either. I was no. keeping up with it on Twitter. Yep. Uh, Mississippi State looked as though they were going to pull away. They did. And uh, Drake said, um, obviously had other plans for that. Well, that's a big win for the Bulldogs. I get them. I mean, everybody's pointing. Oh, they have first win over an SEC team since '72. I guess there's not a lot of opportunities right, to exactly. play teams in yeah. the SEC. Uh, but still, uh, top uh, top. Uh, well, they're 15th rank. Were they not? Or 15 or 16? Uh, top ranked team. Mm-hmm. Way to go. Uh, that will look, certainly look shiny. You said it yesterday. You're probably right. There's probably still a one-bid league, mm-hmm. uh, but if indeed there is a potential, we obviously don't know how it's going to turn out. Maybe you do. You've so seen it so well. <laughs> um, but uh, that, that's that's a resume builder right there. Good win for them. Good Needed win. Needed it. Yep, they and... did, because you know what? <sighs> Maybe this is unfair. Uh, expectations. I thought that they're I, – I didn't think they were going to be unbeaten necessarily at sure. this point, um, but I didn't think they'd have the losses that they did, right. or do rather. You know, the loss to St. Louis. St. Louis is good. They're going to be a tournament team. In the down A-10 this year, they're probably a top three, at minimum top four team in the A-10. The Richmond loss, that was a tough one. Not mm-hmm. only losing, mm-hmm. but losing in that fashion. And this is something leading to this afternoon with the Iowa men. It's not just losing those games. Yes, I know in the net rankings. It's capped at 10, right? That's mm-hmm. what we hear. So we don't have to mm-hmm. worry about blowouts. It's yep. capped at 10. It is. That's absolutely right. Yep. But also the advanced analytic metrics that they use, that is not capped. So if you go out there and you have an offensive efficiency like that, like Richmond did against Drake, you play that kind of game, it helps in those metrics. So that actually boosts your net. So yes, you are capped at 10 in terms of margin of victory, but winning and winning in that kind of fashion, that's why when Iowa plays these tomato cans, and that's why year after year, they're rated very highly in Ken Palm. They've been good in the net rating as comparison mm-hmm. to the RPI. The RPI, RPI was strictly a strength of schedule measure. That's all it is. All right. Strength of schedule. That's all it's measuring. Yep. Who you beat, and how you beat them, and then how they played the rest of their schedule. That's all it was. And, and selfishly, I liked it better, because I like sports when there wasn't math. <laughs> <laughs> Here, yeah. this is analytics. Mm-hmm. This is how efficient you're beating these teams. So when you go out and beat a bad team in the RPI system, and this was something I used to complain about with Fran all the time, is yes, it's fine playing. Everybody plays by games. Everybody plays by games. From Duke to Drake and everybody in between. Everybody plays by games. But 
when you play four, five, six of them, and they're all the worst of the worst. They're all teams in the three hundred. Well, well, there was a, there was a year not too many years ago that they were literally the mm-hmm. worst of the worst. Yeah, and when you play that many three hundred teams, uh-huh. it drags your strength the schedule down. With the rating, with the net rating though, you play these teams and you beat them badly. It helps. Right. And that's why you have not heard me complain. Right. It's an argument that I had for a long time because of the system that was in place. Now, France schedules the same way, but it doesn't hurt them because not only do they win, and today, Eastern Illinois, this might be one of the worst teams that we've ever seen. Really? The point what's, spread, what's the number? I didn't even look. It is. It was 31 I saw at Circa this morning. Dang. I saw a couple of 33s out there when I was looking last night. I think Bet Online was the first offshore that had it last night. It was 30 and a half. <laughs> This Eastern Illinois team is brutal. Atrocious. They are really bad. So they're favored at Kempom by 32. This is Eastern Illinois is ranked 356 in the country. Their wins have come against Uwe Pooey. Remember seeing that garbage yes, team against I Iowa do. State? They're awful. Blackburn, not Nick. I've never heard of them. And St. Mary of the Woods, whatever that is. That's all. So not Saint. It's not Saint Mary of the West Coast. This is of the woods, right? Not of the California Saint Mary's (laughs) with Randy Bennett. That's good, right? No, this is Saint Mary of the Woods. Now, where is that school? I would. Well, I guess I know where it is now. It's in the woods, right? right In the woods. But what woods? I'm going to guess it's in northeast. In Missouri, okay. That's I was where I'm thinking, guessing. I was thinking the Great Northeast. The, the Great, Great Northeast. Northwest. Well, it's a bye game. I'm going to guess they didn't travel, travel that far. Yes. Right, yeah, yeah, probably so. Okay. Um, of the woods, there's woods north of it. I'll go Minnesota. It's a township in da, 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 Indiana. Indiana. <laughs> wow. Do they play Indiana, St. Mary of the Woods? I, I don't can think you they... get their schedule, St. Mary of the Woods? <laughs> Let's see what we can crop up here. Let's see. It's right next to Terre Haute, just outside of Terre Haute. And there's another school. Just a beautiful place to be. St. Mary of the Woods. Well, now we got to see this basketball team. If they lost by 60 to Eastern Illinois. Yeah, they're five men, 6-3. Ooh, they got to be rough here. All right, so we got, uh, let's see. Here's here's the roster. Boy, looks like some ballers on this team. (laughs) Let's bring up the schedule. for. They're 5-8. Ooh, they beat them. Good God. They beat Simmons College of Kentucky. Okay. Great Lakes Christians. Good win. Simmons came back and beat them, though. It was a home and home. They, they got tough to beat the same team twice. It, it absolutely yep, you know what is. I mean? Indiana University East, never heard of it. There's that Eastern. <laughs> what, what, what was the name of the Indiana University of the East? East, yeah. Mm-hmm. University of Cincinnati, Claremont. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Indiana University Southeast, Midway University, Marion. We lost to Marion. There's been a lot of smart people in Indiana. Thirty-five. Oakland City University, Oakland City, University. Michigan has no, to be. It's not. It's, it's not in Indiana. Oh, goodness. University of Southern Indiana was now a D1 program. Bruce Pearl's old team. Remember wow. when he was in no. <laughs> in coaching purgatory That's where he after was. he left Iowa? I don't remember And that. he couldn't get a job because of what happened with the sure. Illinois fiasco yeah. and Jimmy Collin. That's where he had to go is to Southern Indiana. They're now a D1 program. Miami University, Middletown. Mm. And Saint something called the woods. Brescia. What a start here on a that Wednesday. That sounds like a, a squad from, from Russia. <laughs> Russia. Absolutely. Uh, anyways, uh, I don't know how we got here. Let's try and... Eastern Illinois is terrible. There, that's where we were. Yes. Right. And they're, and they're getting 31, 32, 33, wherever you shop. Hop aboard if you want. Uh, and it's a 2.30. So what did Ferentz's press conference do? Anything? It is 1.30. 1.30. So the women's game starts at noon. Yep. You'll have the press conference. So guys that are there covering the women's game, well, they're going to go down and... T- Listen to Kirk, right? Or is it going to be over Zoom? And they just sit in their press box seat? Uh, good question. 
And that'll bleed into the beginning of the men's game. I, I, you there's think. a lot of questions. I yeah. Mean, because, we'll talk to Eichold about that and you kind of see how sure. what his game plan is going to be well, for this. Well, that's why we we said it yesterday. It's it's almost you got to have two separates, right? Yeah, exactly. That's the way it used to be anyways. We'll we'll see. Uh so it'll be a two for one. You get the recruiting stuff and you get the bull stuff coming up uh today from the University of and we will pick David Eichold's brain coming up here in about 15 minutes. Mitch Holtis is going to join us. He is the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. Papa John Central Iowa makes it possible for Mitch to join us each and Every Wednesday, they have the Seahawks at Arrowhead uh, this weekend, followed by the Broncos before finishing up uh, with the Raiders. They currently hold the two seed. Patrick Mahomes is currently the favorite to win the MVP after the injury to Jalen Hurts. We'll see if you were uh, shopping for MVP and you think Hurts is the guy. Um, you're not going to get a better price than you're going to right now. I don't think, anyways, unless there's another uh, absence of a, another week for him. Uh, so we'll see about that. Um, yeah, obviously the Proctor stuff is going to be front and center when we get to our opportunity to talk to Eichel. But I want to talk to about Franco Harris just real quick. Just, uh, just an incredibly, I mean... <sighs> I I don't know that anyone it was out there that uh um that there was you know that he was on his last legs or whatever but just the timing they're going to re- they're going to retire his number on, on Saturday night the 50th anniversary of the Mac reception a game let's say, you know I'm ask Mitch Holtis this cuz he's an old guy like me you wouldn't remember <laughs> this no no just remember the NFL films right about it. uh Mitch uh, happy holidays merry christmas to you first of all how are you yeah I'm doing great. Who uh, called the Immaculate Reception on TV? Do you remember? I do. I don't. You do remember? I, I do. do not. Kurt Gowdy. Uh, I'm guessing. Kurt Gowdy. Yeah. Gosh, was he good. He, he was, was so something, good. wasn't he? He really was. The the Wyoming Cowboy. Um, he was so good. My So my early, my little kid memories, I would watch those AFL games. He would be on them, a lot of them. Uh, it was NBC. They had the 3 o'clock window. And the Chiefs would be in that 3 o'clock window. A little kid growing up in mm-hmm. North Central Kansas mm-hmm. at Smith Center, we'd get to those NBC AFL games, and it'd be either, you know, Kurt Gowdy or, or Al DeRogatis. <laughs> yes, uh, there's Harley that. I forgot about him. Yeah. Yeah, so, so it would, I mean, those guys, and they brought the 3 o'clock window. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. To uh, America uh, when it was just usually like the noon game and that was it. So, yeah, Kirk Gotti was... He was fantastic. He really was. You know, just Franco, real quick on him. Uh, I, I saw interviews leading up to this week, and timing wise, I mean, the NFL put that game on the 50th anniversary, etc., of it. I mean, Joe Green saying we're we're not the Steelers, and it wasn't the quarterback. Bradshaw said as much. Look, it's not the quarterback that was uh, the the bell cow on that team. And it, yes, we're, we're, the defense was terrific, but it was 32 in the backfield. It was Franco Harris that was responsible as anybody for that Steelers run. And those are two guys that are in, that have gold jackets. Both the both pointing at Franco Harris is the impetus for that Steeler uh, era, quite honestly. Yeah, and then there was like the side stories, right? The Rocky Blyer yes, side story yeah. uh, in Vietnam, and yep. came back and and uh, 
My gosh, they. But you think about the Steelers now. Up until really this year, uh, fifty years of winning consistently. There wasn't the because they were awful, awful before that. I mean, they were the they were the dregs of the league mm-hmm. for what about twenty years or so. But um, I mean, to win for fifty years consistently, really up until this year, has been somewhat amazing for that franchise. No doubt about it. Well, uh, let's let's get to let's go back before we go forward. Uh, just another incredible performance by Patrick Mahomes. I'm not sure you, it's, it's unfair to say that he willed his team to victory because boy, oh boy, um, he just, I mean, the, 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 the completion, uh, back to, I mean, one after another, what did he finish up with? Was it 20 for 20 at the, at the end or even yeah, more than 20 that? straight completions. Just yeah, wild. I've never heard of that. 88% completion percentage on his throws. Uh, and it's the old coaching term, you know, hey, routes on there. It's hard to get 80% routes on there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's, but it, it, it's also his humility in adjusting. Remember the mistakes he made against Denver? Yes. And he went back to, okay, if they're going to give me this route, we'll take it. But also guys have to catch it. So McKinnon's emergence, Juju Smith-Schuster, tough catches, Marquez Valdez-Scanling, his best catch yet. Not the 57-yarder. We know he can do that. It was the, uh, what, in the red zone catch where Mahomes threw it 100 miles an hour <laughs> and he snatched it. Uh, which is so anyway, if you throw it, you got to catch it, you got to run great routes. But but Mahomes was he was a maestro. So I want to go to a place we talked about a little bit earlier this weekend, and that is Mitch, the kicking of Harrison Bucker. Can he do mm-hmm. anything at this point? I mean, this late in the season, we know he's a talented guy, but six games that he's missed a kick over the last nine for him, he's deal- dealt with an injury earlier this season. Just where are we in? Is it a sports psychologist thing? Where is it? Because physically, it looks fine. I think it's. I think it's more of the psychology thing. I think the ankle injury threw him off. Uh, he's really calibrated, like a lot of kickers are. Uh, they, you know, they get they're so precise in their steps and this triangle and where I've got to hit the ball. And to me, it's it's almost uh, over that. I mean, I've seen him a couple times. He's doing fine, at least outwardly. And I just look for him to come surging back. But the thing that got me, Trent, was he's overdriving these PATs. It's like you're, it's like the golf analogy where you're 190 out and you're hitting a club that's 250, right? And then you're and then you're hitting it out of bounds, either over the green or out of bounds, and now it's a problem. And it's like then he tried to compensate it appears on the X one because when you miss one way left and then you miss the next one right, it's not like you're missing them all left. And, you know, there's been discussion about the snaps and the holes, and that's, that's protections. It's all of, all of that. But I think it's better, man. Dude, relax. Go, you know, go do so, Go play a board game. Uh, he's a great dude. And just relax a little bit and just let her fly. Uh, and I think when he over, quits overthinking it and overdriving these PATs, especially, he can get his confidence back. Mm. Well, you know, confidence seems to be growing every week as Isaiah Pacheco. And confidence in not only yeah. from him, but in him from the coaching staff. Uh, Pacheco's really coming on, Mitch. In this game, we know this. I mean, Ireland's listening to us now about weather. And this, the weather's going to be everything in this game on Saturday. Uh, you're looking at a high temperature at 10 mm. and a low of zero or minus two. And you're looking at wind chills of minus 10, minus 20. Uh, it'll be the coldest game I think Mahomes has played in. I went back and tried to look at this, but he's played in some cold weather. He can prove he can do it. But a Pacheco becomes even more paramount. That's what led me. I mean, your question got that thought triggered. 
where a Pacheco and a McKinnon, your offensive line, taking care of the ball is paramount. Uh, he had the fumble last week. He's had two fumbles, so that's got to go away. But his power and his ability to uh, get yards after contact is what this team has needed. He does give this team a shot of adrenaline in their heart, Pacheco. Mitch had a question from a caller wondering about, we, uh, we saw again, fighting for some extra yardage and going back to when they played the Titans a couple years back with Mariota mm-hmm. in a playoff game and they weren't able to go back and review. Did you get kind of full confirmation on that and what was different in the circumstances surrounding it? Well, I think what the uh, callers alluding to was the Chiefs. They called Mariota. The Chiefs had a sack strip fumble recovery. would have been a touchdown by Derek Johnson in the playoffs, but they ruled that it was forward progress by the quarterback. And that's still a call I've yet to see. Um, so to answer, uh, to not answer, I guess, your question is no, not really. I think it's going to be something that's got to be visited in this offseason. I truthfully think after the Super Bowl, three, two, one, bingo. <laughs> We're going to get into officiating and discussing uh, some very specific things as a result or uh, as it deals with roughing the passer. Yeah. Uh, some of these penalties that are called there, what's forward progress, what's not. I'm going to tell you a phenomenon that's happening, Trent, in this league, though, that you, this triggered that thought in my head. And it's think of the scene in Wedding Crashers where Owen Wilson is trying to like look inside the wedding reception and uh, Bradley Cooper finds him and they go out, take him out in the street and beat him up. Let me tell you what's going on. And these are after games where guys are actually trying to go down on the ground. Defenders are holding them up. Mm-hmm. Think of Kelsey's play against uh, Cincinnati. Yep. Exactly what happened. He's trying to go down. They're holding him up and like holding your arms behind your back so you can get punched on. It's a new phenomenon here that is really interesting. It'll be something to be looked at in the offseason. Mm. Well, before we let you go, Mitch, let's talk about this week's opponents. It has to be a very hungry Seahawks team who it looked like a little fool's gold early in the season, but they're still very much alive and almost at must-win uh, territory from now on. This is a playoff game for the, Se- for the Seahawks and obviously very important for the Chiefs as they try to you know get that bye. It's a big game. Ken, two things here as it relates to Seattle. One, a very prideful franchise. We know that. Ever since their inception in the mid-'70s. Two, they are desperate. They still have a chance. NFL.com uh, had them at a 35% chance of getting into the playoffs in the NFC. They are coming after the Chiefs on Saturday. Now, a detriment for them in this game will be no Tyler Lockett. Geno Smith has the renaissance man this year of the NFL. Ten years Get this, guys. For six seasons, he uh, he played 15 games, and it wasn't playing. It was kneel downs. It was mop up time. There's no stats for six years. And now Geno Smith this year leads the NFL in completion percentage and has the highest rating in in passes that are 21 plus yards in the air, and he can still run. Now a lot of that's Tyler Lockett. He will not play because of a hand surgery he had on Monday. And Tyler's a local hero around here, right? All American mm-hmm. at K State. Uh, unbelievable receiver, but DK Metcalf's still there, and they have Kenneth Walker the second. But the real problem, Ken, to your point, is on defense. The Seahawks have 21 takeaways. They got a new name, Tariq Woolen, a corner out of UTSA. He ran a 4-2-5 at the combine. He's 6-4-2-10 and leads the NFL in interceptions and is a UTSA roadrunner. I loved him coming out of the draft. Thought it always oh, raw. I didn't play corner till his junior year. What? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, any team would take him right now. Uh, this is a dangerous defensive team, and especially in a cold day, because they're coming after you to punch it out and hold you up to punch it out, just the very thing we talked about. 
Mitch, it's going to be a chilly one out there. Uh, negative Ooh. six real feel is uh, what I saw for Kansas City for the matchup against the Seahawks. What does Mahomes do different in a game like this, uh, preparing for the weather? I know in the past he said he, he likes snow games. Not going to be snow, but it's going to be bitterly cold. Yeah, this is way different than snow. Uh, and I went back and looked. The AFC Championship games, the Chiefs the last two years have had really good weather, 37 and 40 for January. Prior to that, though, he played in 18 and 17 degrees. He's played in cold weather, but this is different. This is this is just going to be a different field. It's going to be a little bit ice bowl feel to this game. So don't be afraid to run the ball, those short passing routes. Uh, it's also a matter of are you going to be in the shotgun less? Are you going to be under center more? Because that three- to five-yard shotgun snap, you also have to get the, the ball turned. I mean, Creed Humphrey tries to snap it as much as he can uh, to get it where the laces are in the position for Patrick to throw. But even on a day like this, to rotate the ball like every quarterback does, uh, is even that's even in peril. Mm-hmm. So uh, how will he adjust? I'm not sure yet. But I, he'll he'll figure out a way. I mean, he, he's, he's a tough kid, man. Uh, but... Where's the run and pass ratio in this game? The Chiefs may run the ball a little bit more. Seattle, with all the stats they gave Ken just a little bit ago and the danger of their defense, not against the run. They have been destroyed against the run. They have given up 100 scrimmage yards to nine different running backs this year. Josh Jacobs had 303 mm. all-purpose yards on the Seahawks. So maybe a good day for Patrick just to hand it off and let Pacheco run for uh, Jarek McKinnon. Well, let's talk about the uh, Donaldsons that come to that time of the year, Mitch. It, uh, well, they do it year-round, but certainly a philanthropic time of year in the Donaldsons on Front Street for what they do for us in Central Iowa. And, of course, they make a pretty good pizza, too. Oh, uh, they do. But have you ever tried to get into the uh, the um, lab northwest of Johnston? You Oh, no, only through you because you've talked about it before. Yes, but it's highly, highly secure. They're doing R&D there as we speak. Mm. Uh, I'm thinking about getting sauce down here and letting the guys like rub it on them, uh, their pizza sauce at Papa John's before the Seattle game. Okay. Not only for warmth, but just a little bit of you know lubrication to uh, like Pacheco. Hey, there's why are the Seahawks missing tackles? It might be Papa John's pizza, but it'll be snuck out of a 18 wheeler out of the back end of the con. Middle of the night. We're and Trent, don't even think about getting in there, dude. Middle what? of the night, like, <laughs> All right. the, like the Colts leave it. Don't even try to get in there. You will be. You will be sent to the dungeon near Adair. <laughs> we will uh, talk to you before the Broncos game. Have a wonderful Christmas with your family, Mitch Holtis. Thanks for doing this, as always. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. And I kid about Papa John's, but they're fabulous. Yes, the they folks are. Of Central Iowa, all of Iowa. And go get some pizza for Christmas. Indeed. Thanks, Be Mitch. Worse. Take care. Mitch Holtis, voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs, Seahawks. Chiefs struggled the last two. Mm-hmm. Let some teams hang around, um, including Denver. Uh, and then last week, of course, take uh, Houston, one-win team, taking them to overtime. All right, we'll take a timeout. We'll talk uh, recruiting next. Uh, check in on Iowa with David Eicholt. David Kaplan is coming up. College football conversation as well. Boy, you're Chris Creighton. Did another one for you, huh? Blocked two uh, PAT to get the two point conversion. They yeah. looked to be down fourteen nothing. They were, yeah. And all of a sudden, it's thirteen mm-hmm. two. They march right down the field, score. And That's when I turned it around. on when the when the kid was running it back. Yeah. I thought he was returning a kick. Aha. Uh-huh. And then I saw the deuce go up on the board. I thought, what the hell? Uh, then it you know, clicked in. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, that's a good one. He's been good to you. He has been. He's been good. That program was morbid. They were awful. I mean, they hadn't been a bowl game since 1987, their only bowl victory before yesterday. Wow. 
Somebody take a chance on him. Oh, I wonder how old he is at this point. I mean, a Drake he had a lot of success at Drake. Mm-hmm. We know not an easy place to win. Nope. Obviously, non scholarship league that they play in, and he's taken by far the worst job in the MAC, and he has made them a consistent winner mm-hmm. year after year after year. I don't know. You, you think about him on, on those lists. Well, for your sake, he stays there. He's been good to you. Yeah, absolutely. He keep covering week after week. Does he? You know, a place like Purdue. His name didn't even come up. It is. Is that even too too high of a uh, maybe? You know, a, a mid to lower tier Big Ten job. Say Phil Fleck leaves Minnesota. I know there's shiny objects out there, but the dude just knows how to build a football program. Indeed. He's been good. Uh, it's 11.30. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Mall. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNL. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Time to talk to David Eicholt. Hawkeye Insider 24-7 Sports. By the way, Cyclone fans Nick Oson will be here tomorrow recapping their class. But let's get to David Eicholt right now. David, Trent, and Ken, thank you for coming on, David Eicholt. How are you? Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, I'm doing all right. I got about three ghost energies coursing through my veins right now and a pot of coffee on. So I'm, I'm living life. I'm good. Yeah, you got a busy day, too. Basketball, uh, Ferentz's <laughs> presser coming up here, and, 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 of course, signing day. Um, the Proctor thing, I won't put that in the category of surprises. A couple of days ago, I would have. Uh, but was, was there anything unexpected uh, that happened today, or at least so far, with the Hawkeyes? Uh, somebody that didn't sign or somebody that you didn't know about, or is it pretty much uh, gone according to plan? Yeah, right now it's gone according to plan. I think it was pretty planned, well planned out by the Iowa staff to announce Eric All and Cade McNamara as the first two guys that made it official. So, I, again, I think that was par for the course. But I don't expect a dramatic day for Iowa, and that's kind of the way it's gone right now. Obviously, as you mentioned, the Proctor stuff is still a huge talking point. I think some of the the comments and the fallout over the past 36 hours has been ramped up to about the nth degree at at this point. But, you know, I do think there's a large portion of the Iowa fan base who's just sort of like, you know, we're ready to move on, we're ready to focus on the guys that are committed to Iowa that have signed their letters of intent. So, you know, it's been a pretty, you know, less less dramatic day, but uh, I think Kirk Ferentz will sign up for that 10 times out of 10. I think every Iowa fan will sign up for that, especially when you look at across the country, as they call it, it's flip-miss season. So Merry <laughs> Flip-miss to you guys. Yeah. Uh, the recruiting world, it is a wild one. Well, something that has been missed, I think, from a lot of Hawkeye fans out there, even without Caden Proctor, this is a really good offensive line class. You look at the guys, including at the top, Trevor Lauk, who uh, offensive lineman from Indianapolis, Iowa beat out Ohio State, Michigan for his services. A couple other pieces there, including a six foot nine guy from Illinois in Cannon Leonard that might not be ready right away. But boy, you talk about a building block there. Talk about that offensive line as a whole. And, and Trevor Lauk, does he have an opportunity? Maybe he could be a guy that goes out there and plays as a freshman. Yeah, so I think obviously people are focused on Proctor, but you look across the board, I still think this is a fantastic class for Iowa on the offensive line led by George Barnett. Trevor Lauk is all of six foot six, about two ninety five right now. Our own Sean Bach actually went out and visited with him a couple of weeks ago and that was the first thing that Sean said to me. He said, Dude, he is all of all of six foot six, two ninety five. But he's a guy who is a mauler. I mean, you look at his film, it really pops off to you. 
Very good second-level blocker. I'm very excited to see how he progresses through camp. If he was an early enrollee, maybe we throw him in that category, but because he's not, I really don't want to put those expectations on it. And another guy I, I want to mention, too, is Leighton Jones. I mean, you talk about a guy who just strikes me as, again, who can be a, a center. He kind of reminds me of Austin Blythe, has a bit of a mean streak to him, about six foot four, 275 pounds, interior offensive lineman. I think could end up playing center. Huge, huge fan of his film. I think he needs to put on another 15 pounds or so. But very versatile, very athletic. I'm very excited to see what Iowa can do with him. And as you mentioned, Cannon Leonard, look, it's going to take him a year or two to really put on the weight and strength needed. But this dude is an absolute athlete, was, I think, a top 40 basketball player in the state of Illinois as well. Uh, again, he's going to have to continue to put on weight, but I don't think that should be a problem knowing Iowa's program. But he's a guy that I think has a very, very high ceiling. Dino staff is very excited about getting him on campus as well. And you need to remember Cade, uh, Cade Piper, uh, Norfolk Catholic in Norfolk, Nebraska. A little bit on the smaller side right now. We'll need to put on some weight, but I know the staff was very happy to get him in the fold as well. A couple of skill guys from the state of Florida. Um, what, can, what do you know about them? Yeah, so I think, number one, I think Jarrett Bowie was a little bit under-recruited, actually. I, I, and that's the receiver, three, right? 180. Yep, about six foot three, 185. Actually hails from the same high school as former Hawkeye Dane Belton, and that's one of the more upper echelon schools in uh, in Florida. So I think he, he brings a good size to him. But again, six foot three, very good speedster. I think needs to pick up a little bit more. As far as his release goes off the line of scrimmage, a little bit more refined technique, a little bit raw route running. But he's a guy that you can throw the ball downfield to, that he'll turn those 50-50 balls into 75-25. Not afraid to utilize his physical attributes. So I think the route running and everything will come in time. I think Kamari Moulton, a guy a little bit on the smaller side again, about five foot nine, one eighty-five. But there's a very good trait about him that I don't think is getting talked about enough. He knows how to fall forward while protecting the ball. I mean, we've seen how many running backs over the years always fall backwards, fall to the side. He always gets those extra yards falling forward. I think it's very good vision, understands his game very well, very good self-awareness, does not try to do things he can't do, a very smart runner, and was a part of basically running back by committee in Cardinal Gibbons. So I think it'll take him a little while to develop, but I do like the addition. And obviously the more guys Iowa can pull out Florida. I think the better they're going to be. Every year, of course, it's a quarterback, and Marco Lyonez is a guy that we talked about going back to his commitment about a year ago when he committed to the Hawkeyes. Seen him bounce around the rankings, drop in a couple of places, I believe including 24-7. What can you tell us about him? 6'3", 225, a different kind of Iowa quarterback? Yeah, I think so. And I think a reason for the drop in the rankings, by the way, is he just does not play against great competition in New Jersey. The Hunt School, I mean, they turn out D1 athletes like crazy, but they're not going up against the top competition. But you look at his stats, I mean, he's a very, very efficient quarterback. I think he's a guy that can escape the pocket, really throws well on the run, can utilize the pocket as well. And again, he's not afraid to tuck it and run. And uh, you know, I know that former Iowa quarterback Brad Banks has reached out to him and has had some communications with him. And Marco Lyon has told us that, hey, he's one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch and one of my favorite quarterbacks ever. So I know every Hawkeye fan will probably <laughs> love hearing that. But, you know, you look at what he did this year. He led his team to a 9-0 record, completed 97 of his 125 passes, 2,200 yards, 23 touchdowns, five picks, also picked up 573 yards on the ground and five touchdowns as well. So, 
I'm very excited about the potential quarterback battle between him, Carson May, you know, Joe Lavis, and James Rizar, as long as Cade McNamara uses both years of eligibility because I think it's going to be one of the more fun quarterback battles that Iowa's had in recent memories. But it will not surprise me that if following Cade McNamara, that Marco Linez is the starting quarterback for Iowa. Hmm. Uh, David, uh, just a general question recruiting-wise uh, for you. JUCOs, um, with, with, the, with the transfer rules being as relaxed as they are now, what, what does that do to junior colleges? Are, are, do you think we'll see fewer kids that go the JUCO route get opportunities? You know, I, I do, and I think that's a very interesting point. I mean, it, it's almost the same logic to me as the way I think about it is I think we're going to see a lot you know, less opportunities for even good high school players or guys that come on the radar late because you know coaches are utilizing the transfer portal at such an absurd rate right now. They're going to take someone that's a proven talent over a potential, in my opinion. It's going to be two different ways to build the program. So if people go the JUCO route, they have to know the right people. They have to network with the right people. They have to get their film out, and they need to play for one of the top programs and dominate. And speaking of JUCOs, I'll throw in Ontario Thompson from Iowa Western Community College, who's also committed to Iowa, signed with Iowa today. Six foot three, 300 pounds. I look for him to be an immediate impact for Iowa. I mean, this is a guy that very powerful, very explosive, I think can really be in the running to be a rotational guy. I don't want to say he's like Davion Nixon because I think Davion Nixon was a freak of nature when he was at Iowa. But there's certainly some starter kit things there uh, with Ontario Thompson. He was a very, very good pickup for Iowa. But as far as the JUCO thing goes, I, I agree. I think we're going to see less opportunities for those guys, at least to go D1. And still swimming in the transfer portal, looking for wide receivers and looking for offensive line help now? No question. No question. And look, I know I got flamed about this take when I put it on my podcast, but I want to I bounce it back to you guys really quick because okay. I think it's something to think about. I think Kane Proctor long-term hurts Iowa more than it does in the short term because if Iowa is focused on winning the Big Ten next year, winning the Big Ten West, I think Iowa for a one-year rental would rather take a multi-year starter at offensive tackle at a D1 college than a freshman Caden Proctor. Now, again, that's not to say that Proctor is not an incredible player or won't become an incredible player, but for what Iowa wants to do, they could be better in the one-year scheme of things if they get a guy out of the transfer portal that has played offensive tackle at the D1 level that has started for multiple years. So, again, I think it's going to hurt Iowa more in years two and three. Mm -hmm. But I think if you're talking about a one-year plan with a shot to win the last year of the Big Ten West, I do think that getting you know a fourth-year college guy that has two-year starting experience could be better than Proctor as far as a one-year plan goes. Uh, real quick on basketball, any update? Uh, maybe go get it after the game. Chris Murray's not going to play today, obviously. Uh, what are you hearing, if anything? Yeah, so Chris Murray is not ruled out for uh, December 29th against Nebraska. I think it's very encouraging that you know last game he was out there without his crutches, without a walking boot, was seemed to be in good spirits, and slowly but surely doing more and more. But it is one of those injuries that's a day-by-day thing where he could wake up the next day, feel incredibly sore. And I know for a fact that his camp in Iowa and Fran McCaffrey, they're not going to play Chris Murray until he's up 100%. And, you know, if Iowa can keep Philip Bracho with where he's at, Patrick and Connor McCaffrey where he's at, and then throw Chris Murray back in the fold, you know, I think it's gonna, it hurt Iowa in the short term, but I think it, over the course of the season, if Iowa gets more production out of those guys when you throw in Chris Murray back to the mix, it, it could make Iowa come da- more dangerous 
come Big Ten play. Well, a big week in front of them, those two road trips to get things started and got to get at minimum one. You'd love to get two victories, obviously, after already dropping one. Uh, who's a guy you're looking for today? A, a guy to step up. They got Sanford going in the last game out. Who needs to get jump started here in the final non-conference game? You know, I think when you see Tony Perkins go a little bit more. I know, you know, he's had some big games this season, kind of an up and down. But look at his past few games. I really would like to see Tony Perkins hit a couple threes. I'd really like for him to be able to have a couple strong takes to the basket, not turn the ball over, and get back to the rebounding prowess that I think we've seen out of him over the past, you know, over the course of the past couple of seasons. But, you know, only at three points against Southeast Missouri State, obviously at 17 against Wisconsin. But I'd love to see him put together a full, complete performance in this last one before Big Ten play because I told you guys at the beginning of the year, and I think Iowa fans know it, if Iowa is going to win games in March, they are going to need Tony Perkins because he is the caliber of guard and the type of guard that can win you tournament games. David Eichold, Hawkeye Insider. Great stuff, David. Appreciate you coming on. Thanks for doing this for us, and uh, we'll talk to you in uh, in 23. Thank you, David. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks, guys. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Yeah, and to you, sir. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, David Eichold, uh, on the Hawkeyes. Uh, Nick Oson, again, 24-7 Sports. We'll be here tomorrow. Take our last time out, TC. Anything else? Yeah, got it. Let's uh, do that. We'll come back. Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station 106. Afternoon. Welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. David Kaplan, Bama Bob, and Trent's picks in hour number two. Uh, this Carlos Correa story is crazy, isn't it? Yes. Jesus. They, uh, the so, Giants were going to have their press conference. Uh, yesterday, Yesterday, correct. and just prior to, something came up, and apparently it was a physical, uh, that the Giants didn't like something. I don't know if it's buyer's remorse or this was their opportunity to get out of this. I don't know what it is, and that they can't share it, obviously. Mm-hmm. Can't share medical details, but they promised Scott Boris that they would. They wanted to continue to, to negotiate. Well, that opened the door for Scott Boris to make it other teams that were in the bidding aware that he might be back on the market, and 12 hours later, he's a Met, and the Mets are going to pay over $110 million in luxury tax alone. It's not your money. Yeah, but there's teams that don't have that as their whole payroll. Is there? Aren't there? That's the fault of the team. I have no problem with that. With them overpaying? Yeah. No, neither do I. Yeah, absolutely. Wants to go I wish I was that. a Met fan. I yeah, wish absolutely. the Blue Jays would do it. I'm right. guessing you and the Twins. No, absolutely. And I'll never see it. Mm-hmm. What does Steve Cohen own? Great you question. Know? I have no clue. Where did he get his money? He's got a lot of it. New Yorker, so maybe Wall Street is my guess. I don't know the answer. He but is boy, a oh boy. hedge fund manager. Oh, is he? Yeah. Okay. There you go. What do they do? They take other people's money and in some cases yeah. uh, steal it. Went to the Wharton School at Penn. I've heard of that school. You have because Fran McCaffrey also was. That's the business school at Penn. Okay. And Fran McCaffrey is a graduate. I wonder if they were there at the same time. Maybe you know, speaking you know, of NIL. That's... um. You know, just picturing him, maybe he's a little bit. Well, maybe not. <laughs> so he Cohen is sixty six. Okay, so he's older. Fran sixty three. Yeah, he's so older. no overlap. No, there. probably not. But I mean, you know, use your Wharton Business yeah, School connections, right? a little nil money. Yeah, yeah, it's got something in common. Absolutely. 
Uh, this Mets lineup with Lindor and Alonzo and McNeil and Nimmo. They re-signed Nimmo, did they not? Yes, I they did. So. Yeah, and they did. And Carlos Correa. So Correa at third, who he's still an excellent shortstop. Has he lost maybe a tick from when he was 23? Yeah, po- possibly. Maybe. But Lindor's gifted. And then he got him at third base? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's nuts. That staff mm-hmm. is nuts. Verlander. How do you... Don't you have to kind of... Contana. Taper those guys, though, those two, the top two, and say, look, you're going to make 22 starts this year. 32, okay. no. Yep. We're not doing that. Who's opening day starter? The hmm. Scherzer defer? No. It's his team. I agree yeah. with you because he's been there. And Scherzer doesn't do that. He is such a rat ass. He's a bulldog, man. He is great. Yeah, he is. Now, he is. if you're sitting there and you want to watch a tidy game... He's not the guy to do it, and he's a guy that very well could struggle with the pitch clock. Oh, okay. Because and he gets the ball. that might get under his skin a little bit. Oh, it will be, yeah. because a lot of things get uh-huh. under his skin. And he controls pace, and he controls the game, and it will go at his pace. Yeah, and if he wants to slow anymore. down, he slows down. Not anymore. And if he wants to go fast, he goes uh-huh. fast. Yeah, you're right. Not anymore. And that's going to be a very fun angle. You know, I, I uh, saw something over the weekend and didn't dig into it, but talking about the possibility of betting opportunities early in the year with totals, run totals. In, in what respect? The shift. Oh, I see. Until the bookmakers catch on. That coupled with the base being bigger, they believe it'll lead to more stolen bases. Uh-huh. How quickly are the sports books going to be able to adapt? Interesting. Hour two coming up next. Miller and Con, the Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 K.